Um, I really love passages of scripture that basically say what they mean and you get what's on the can. <laughs> it makes life a lot easier. And really, this, these couple of verses from Colossians, it's one of those. It says what it, it means and you get what's on the can. So we can just have a look at it. Nigel read it earlier on. And it's really quite straightforward. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. No train smashes there? Fairly straightforward. He's saying, please pray. He assumes people are praying because he says, continue to pray. Pray with thanksgiving. Pray for us. That's the disciples, the apostles. He's saying, pray for us. And pray that God would open more doors to speak about the mystery of Christ. Quite simple. And he's in chains. He's locked away. He's in his prison cell. And yet he's saying, please pray that you give me more opportunities to speak about Jesus. I found that quite remarkable. Because you'd think at this point he'd rather roll over, play dead and say, whoa, that's it. Ministry done, locked away, my platform's been removed, I have no voice, I have no audience. You know, it's time to quit. But actually he's saying to people, pray for me so that I have more opportunities to speak about Jesus. Walk in wisdom to those who are outside. Redeeming the time, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. I have actually found this week to be the most bizarre week of my life. I have seen the most godly people I know say the most outrageous things. I have seen people that have no faith say the most amazing godly things. And I was before the Lord last night, I said, you know what, Father? Oh, what is this? What is this? What has happened? What has happened to this nation that within an instant... We can be tearing each other's throats out and saying the most dreadful things in the name of God. And I have really found my spirit in so much turmoil this week, watching this unfold, 
And I just heard the Spirit saying, you have to rise above it. And I have to confess I haven't. (laughs) I haven't. I have to confess that. I was invited to the argument, and boy, did I accept that invitation. (laughs) And I was on my knees last night, face down, saying, Lord, you know, please forgive me. The Lord said to me early last week, it's a scripture from Isaiah, get into your room and wait till this abomination passes. Hmm? And what do I do? I'm at the door. And we've all had a part to play in this. And I recognize that part of me, a lot of my anxiety and fear has come from living through enormous societal change in South Africa. I actually found my my old um, identity book and I was looking at my old referendum stamp where as a nation we went and said, apartheid must be withdrawn. Momentous. And the changes that were wrought and brought in were phenomenal. I mean, you've read it in the press, you've seen it. But today, South Africa burns. Because the spirit of rebellion that had been encouraged for so many years took hold. And people could not step back from it. And it has just continued to grow and grow and grow. And I think from a personal experience and a spiritual experience, for me one of the most delicate times right now is to pray that the spirit of rebellion, because no matter whether it's for a good cause or not, We cannot be aligned to it for whatever reason. And Jesus said to me last night, the church's integrity lies in rising above this. And no matter how good something may look, and no matter how it may be justified, we've got to walk away if there is that spirit of rebellion, even a smidgen of it. And it's a, I'm speaking from experience as well as spiritual input. I've always been amazed um, here in the UK about the absolute antagonism and hatred of salt. It, it worries me. Once years ago, um, my young David was at school. He used to suffer very badly from <coughs> um, muscle cramps. And they phoned me at school, child's crying, in agony, um, I said, what is it? It's a dreadful muscle cramps. And I said, well, give him a banana and a shot of salt. He said, oh, we can give him the banana, but we can't give him salt. I said, why not? He said, no, we can't give salt. It's against the law. It's, you know, it's bad for you. It's going to kill you. And I said, look, for heaven's sake, give the child a banana and give him some salt. <laughs> and um, they said, oh, you know, with your permission, can you sign? I said, yeah, I can sign. And off it went. Um, about half an hour later, they phoned and said, oh, no, amazing, he's fine. I said, yeah, I told you. <laughs> Just a smidgen of salt can make incredibly bland food gorgeous, desirable. 
And sometimes we are afraid of just adding that smidgen of salt to our food, to our plate, because we've been warned how bad it is for you. The law says so. Take it out of our diets. Can't have it. And yet, we are born to need it. And I've been thinking a lot about this. How do we be gracious in our wording? How do we be polite and kind and nice? But how do we bring that smidgen of salt into our speaking? In Africa, when you don't have an antiseptic, you mix with water, some salt, and you wash your wound. It cleanses, it heals, it gives flavor. And we have that salt to bring into every situation, to cleanse, to heal, to take something that's very bland and make it savory. And where the world has said, don't touch it, don't eat it, move away from it. The Bible tells us on more than one occasion, you must be salt and light to the world. Bring salt into your debates and your discussions. Yes, too much of it, you know, not nice. But it is needed. And I do believe we're in a time when it is needed. Opportunities to speak. <laughs> um, last week, Friday, I was, I was in hospital and I was having these steroid injections into my spine, all in, lying down, woman to the right, to the left, woman to the right. Woman on the left started kicking off big time. Absolute panic mode. She didn't want these injections. She was terrified. She started howling. And I'm like, very ungraciously in my mind, said, Oh, Father, <laughs> can could, could you just calm her down, Lord? Can you just tell her to be quiet? She's unnerving the rest of us. And the staff came rushing, and please calm down, and it's going to be okay. And then the Holy Spirit said, <clears throat> Pray for her. I said, No, look, come on. Don't be silly now. Yeah, I'm in my pajamas. And the Lord said, pray for her. Pray for her. And I'm like, mm, but it's not allowed. NHS, can't be promoting stuff here, Lord. He said, pray for her. And I said, you know what, Father? I'm also patient. Excuse me. I'm on my bed. I'm relaxing. Come on, Lord. Holy Spirit said, pray for her, will you? I said, mm, okay, I'll pray for her. So <laughs> I sort of pulled back the curtain. And I leaned over and rather salty, <laughs> I said, excuse me, do you have a faith? <laughs> she said, yes. Can I pray for you? Yes. Right. Out my bed, made sure that the back part of my gown was closed. <sighs> the two nurses, their eyes were this wide, thinking, oh my word, what's going on? She's not allowed to do this. We're going to get into trouble. And they quickly closed the curtain around all of us. I said, would you mind if I hold your hand? Yes. Took her hand. And I looked up and I noticed the nurses had joined hands with us. All her eyes were closed, all heads were bowed. And they'd closed the curtain. And I said, 
whispering, Lord Jesus, would you give her your peace? <laughs> Lord Jesus, come right now. Release your peace, Lord. Give Sarah your love and peace in the name of Jesus. And her head dropped. I thought, oh, my word, she's died. <laughs> Father, she said, oh, I feel so drowsy. <laughs> and the Lord had anesthetized her. She went to the, the room, and you have this option where you take happy gas, hmm? whether you're sedated. <laughs> um, <laughs> she went first. She came back shouting at the top of her voice. Ah, I wasn't sedated. God sedated me. She prayed for me. This is across the ward. And I'm saying, oh, Father. <laughs> and the nurses are walking past going. <laughs> and God had sedated this woman. I mean, when I went in, the anesthetist gave me a funny look. <laughs> saying, hmm, I'm not giving you gas. <laughs> My guess, please. Um, what I'm saying here is you can be in the most awkward positions, the most uncomfortable positions. But you see, we are salt and light. We have this message of hope. We have access to every possible treasure in heaven. And when we hear that knock, that nudge, please know that all of heaven is behind you to say this is going to happen? <laughs> that we take that little smidgen of salt and we release it to the world, saying in the name of Jesus, be healed, have the peace of Jesus. I don't know who was more amazed, her or me, at being anesthetized by the Holy Spirit. I've never witnessed that. But you know what? She was so on fire for Jesus when she came out that it, it blew us all away. So we say here, would you open the door for us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ? What an amazing prayer if we took that to heart. That no matter where we are, no matter what we are doing, that we take the smidgen of salt and say, you know what, I have something that can make your bland meal taste good. No matter where we are, this is what we are called to do. I want to just speak about, I call it Christianese. Um, I think for me, the last few years, I would say in fact 12 years, <coughs> um, the Holy Spirit has really been working in me and with me in how do we speak about Christian things to people who have no clue as to what we are saying. How do we recognize the Holy Spirit at work in the office? How do we recognize God is moving in a situation where our mindset says he, should not be, he shouldn't be there? <laughs> yeah, our mindset. And 
the last sort of 12 years, God has really been showing me how to adjust my language to speak the language that people understand. Yeah? So with this woman, Sarah, I could have grabbed her by the neck in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah? One could have been quite aggressive in it. Um, I could have quoted scripture. I could have bound, loosed, do, 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 claimed the whole works. Yeah? I could have made the sign of the cross. But I didn't know her context. I don't know her understanding, her denomination even. But it is up to me to be able to speak her language through the Holy Spirit. Does this make sense? So sometimes when I've had these funny pictures in my head, like the one day at um, Healing Room, treasure hunting stuff, and I walked in and said, oh, there's a thing about bubbles. And <laughs> they sort of looked at me like, what? And I said, no, I, I just see all these bubbles. Like, you know, <sighs> bubbles, soap bubbles. Um, and the silly picture in my head, and the girl was with her granny, hey? And she burst into tears because this girl had a phobia of bubbles. So sometimes these things may seem quite bizarre. <laughs> but I have learned over the years to go with the flow. Go with the flow. Once we accept Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, once we stop walking in the Holy Spirit and we become confident in who he is, not in who I am, but confident in him and his ability to move mountains, <laughs> go with the flow. Go with the flow. Use language that people understand. We don't have to be super religious. And I love super religious. I really do. It's a comfort zone. I feel good about it. <laughs> you know, It can just slip off the lips quite easily. But actually for people out there, outside of the church, they look at you as if you're bonkers. What are you talking about? And it's about learning a language of love, learning the language of the Holy Spirit, to reach into the hearts of men and women, to show them Jesus, the mystery of Christ, to show them Jesus, to express the love of Christ. That God sent his only son so that they may know him, that they may be saved. On Monday, I was in my garden, and there'd been one almighty storm on Monday, like almighty storm. <coughs> and when I went to the garden, I saw my eyes were just, sometimes you sort of step into that sort of prophetic zone type thing. And it was like my entire being was drawn to this tiny little flower. And on this tiny little flower... were these drops of rain. And suddenly there's this sort of buzz going on in your spirit, and I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, after the storm, after the storm, the most delicate of my nature, the most delicate things can actually hold the weight of a raindrop. 
So I did get carried away and I marched around the garden looking at all my little flowers, took hundreds of photographs. And I believe it is a word for now. The whirlwind has come through this country and some are jubilant. Some are, what has happened? What does this mean? There is a wave of fear and uncertainty. And the Lord is saying, you know what? I hold you in the palm of my hand. And my Holy Spirit will rest on you like that, dew, that, like that drop of rain. It will rest on you. You're going to be okay. You're not going to be cut off or broken. One thing I noticed about these particular plants, they were in the shadow of a bigger tree. They were hidden. They weren't exposed. They were under the shadow of another tree or fence. And again, the Lord says, you know what? If you hide in me, if you abide in me, if you sit under my protection, no matter how delicate you may feel, no matter how bruised or battered you feel, my spirit will rest upon you. And you will make it through. So this is after the storm. I believe we are in the storm. <laughs> We're not yet through the storm. But this is a promise. Hide in me. Abide in me. Justin said it earlier on. Jesus gives us amazing grace. Amazing power. Amazing love. But he's saying, abide in me. That through the storm, no matter how fragile, his spirit will rest on us easily, gently. And he's saying, rest in me. We had a chat um, and there has been a call across the nation to pray. Across the nation to pray. This is not whether you voted in or out, whether you believe the EU has horns and is hell itself, or whether, whatever. This is not about that. This is about believers in Christ Jesus rising above the storm and coming together in unity of spirit to pray for our nation. Years ago, I, I had a day trip and I was on a catamaran <coughs> and we sort of all got strapped, strapped on and um, while we sort of sailed through the harbour um, and it was a glorious day. It was like 40 degrees and, you know, covered in sunscreen and everything. And um, actually, it was beautiful. But as we came through the harbor wall, 
it was all like all hell had broken loose. <laughs> and the game, you know, and people hanging overboard. And it was not very pleasant. And then suddenly we came into the open waters. And it all calmed down again. And we sailed beautifully for six or seven hours. A um, bit of a scary experience. At one point, I jumped off to have a swim. And they said, oh, you've got to take the rope. And I said, oh, I'm brave. I don't need a rope. <laughs> um, and then they said, oh, they're shark fins. <laughs> rope! <laughs> Help! Pull me in quick. Um, what I'm saying is we've sat very comfortably as a nation in a harbor. <laughs> yeah? But suddenly we are now having to go through this harbor into the open ocean. And we actually don't know what's out there right now. <laughs> and that going through that harbor wall, yeah, can be very, very bumpy. But the Lord says, you know what? I want my people to pray. Put some topics down there. This is actually from Christian Concern, their outline. Um, we need to pray. And we're going to do that right now. So if I could ask if people could go into groups, three, four, five, six, um, however you feel comfortable. Um, pray for the church here in the UK. <laughs> And for believers everywhere in the UK, that they may know the love of Christ Jesus right now. That as churches, we can be those beacons on the hill, that lighthouse to the nation. That we would rise as one to proclaim the mystery of Christ. Pray for those in government. I can only imagine the sheer panic in Westminster and in every constituency office from John O'Groats to Land's End. Okay? They did not expect this to happen. Please pray for our government officials. Please pray for the public services. Please pray for those who are going to have to be elected to navigate as through this, please pray that godly men and women who have that heart of Jesus, that they would come to the fore. Pray for the United Kingdom and the gaping divide. I've been hammered quite heavily for saying, well, actually, we do have a problem. Huge problem. The gaping divide. Lewisham voted 80% to remain. The nation is saying, we've got to leave. This is a problem. Huge divides across the nation. How do we rise above this? Let's pray for healing for the nation. The EU and our brothers and sisters in Christ in the EU in European nations, for those who are here who are worried, sick, what happens next? Are we all going to be deported or are we going to stay? Yeah, these are real concerns. Um, for those who feel disenfranchised and hurt by the decisions, pray healing. Healing into these people. 
those who feel disenfranchised. And pray for each other. What is our response as an individual to this? Pray for those opportunities to speak the mysteries of Christ into these situations, into the one-on-ones <coughs> that we can proclaim. As Naomi proclaimed earlier on, he's our rock, he's our salvation. Do not fear. Perfect love casts out fear. He is our rock. What is our response to be as a church, as individuals? Are we going to speak about the mysteries of Christ? Do we need more grace? More or less salt? Let's pray for each other for our nation, that Jesus will rule and reign from Land's End to John O'Groats. After we've prayed, we will spend a few more minutes in worship, just saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. Cry out, we need you. We need you. Please come. Let's split into groups, and let's just pray. As the Spirit leads, these are just guidelines, as the Spirit leads.